Between the kids being home and hosting, everything in our house gets used up in summer. With Instacart, I can save money by stocking up on all my favorite summer brands. I save time by getting everything delivered in as fast as an hour. And I save myself a sink full of dirty dishes by stocking up on paper plates for the annual summer cookout. Save more on summer essentials? Spend more time enjoying summer. Add summer to cart. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to the Final Four. It's not on the schedule. He is Rod. I am Cameron. And we are back with the Big Ten preseason preview. And today, Rob, we got Illinois, 24-7 um, overall, 16-4, which was second in the Big Ten last year. Uh, of course, nobody had good luck in the tournament, but um, Illinois, they lose some people. They lose some really important people, but the big one coming back, Kofi Coburn, um, is really going to help. Uh, yeah, it will. You know, I've, I've been kind of amused. As we're recording these, we're in the we're at a period where the – uh, Big Ten Media Day just happened, mm-hmm. and so there's all of a sudden been a lot of talk, and I've been really amused. There's this, first of all, with Illinois directly, there's talk, Andre Curbelo, talk, their point guard, talk about how they expect they're going to be better than they were last year. Um, and then you had Hunter Dickinson at Michigan popping off about how nobody in the conference likes Illinois, and he doesn't get it. He doesn't think they've got any history. He doesn't know any history about their program. You know, so he doesn't understand why they're running their mouths. Um, it makes for good fodder. I guess as a Michigan State person, I look at it and think neither one of you should be talking. But, you know, that's <laughs> that's a that's a bias that, that comes from, you know, having a 25-year run where the program you follow is king of the fucking mountain. Um, and the rest <laughs> of them look like everybody else looks like a pretender right um but i will say this i do not agree with andre curbelo that this team should be better they might be capable of having a better ncaa tournament run because it it wouldn't take much they were second Mm -hmm. round uh upset victim at the hands of loyola not only a loss but a loss to another illinois-based program that was not good that was not in that was not in the uh the preview the program for what was clearly the best Illinois team in a generation. I mean, they had they had so many they they just these tortured comparisons to the flying Illini of uh, of '89. I mean, I remember seeing photos where they had guys posed the same way as some flying Illini guys had been in a promo poster back then, and just on and on and on and. It was a really nice season for them in some respects. This is a program that, let's not forget, before Brad Underwood did this with them last year, and it really started the year prior, um, they had been bad for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, the John Gross era was tough. The last two-thirds of the Bruce Weber era, basically almost everything after they had that run to the national title game in 2005, um, was uh, was really tortured. Um, I guess you know what I guess that promo poster stuff. My memory's bad. It was actually the 2005 group, the oh, D. Brown, Brown. Luther had Deron yeah. Williams pose. Yeah, still tortured, still a mistake. Um, but I just felt you just at least I felt this way all year long that they, despite the fact that Illinois checked all the boxes. 
it was not a surprise to me that they got eliminated. You know, they they just seem to be missing that extra something that truly great teams have. They were very good. Mm. I never felt that I was watching a great team. And, you know, it ended up being proven out because they didn't win the Big Ten title. That's another thing they've cried about. They they believe that because they lost a game to COVID uh, and Michigan had them out yeah. for the title, they were robbed and they should have had a share of the title, blah, blah, blah whatever <laughs> you know I, you know if i have to take sides on that i'm gonna take illinois side <laughs> I, I i do well, kind of i kind I of feel too as a, i would too as a default reaction simply <laughs> because the other side of it is michigan but <laughs> but um i also am always a believer and i feel this way when people squawk about schedules and you know all this other stuff it's like look just go win right At the end of it nobody cares you know look illinois could have gotten it done if they hadn't lost to Michigan State, yeah, Breslin, that, that all they had to do was win that example. Yeah, you know they're supposed to win that game if they're a great team, right? Well, they didn't do it. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm just giving you one example, but the opportunities were there for them, and they didn't take advantage of it. And then they and then they go out after they win the Big Ten tournament, and they're puffing their chests out about how they're the real champs, and they go out and fall flat on their face mm-hmm. in the in the real tournament. You know, it, it's just. I don't know. It just, I, I sensed a mental fragility that is not there in the great teams. And having watched enough of the Big Ten and Michigan State for as long as I have, I do feel like you kind of know it when you see it. And I never quite felt that I saw it. And and that tournament loss just kind of uh, buttressed that that point, you know, that they just lacked that extra something. It's it's tough to define because the talent on hand was really really good. There's no debating that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so they they do lose some pieces here though. Ayo Dusunmu, six four guard, he was sensational. Twenty point one points a game, six point three rebounds, led him in assists at five point two a game. Um, shot forty nine, thirty nine, and seventy eight. Uh, and he departs for the NBA. Yeah, and he was, you know, I credit to him. I was not a believer in this kid in this sense. He had obviously great physical talent. You didn't need to see more than two minutes of him playing to understand that. But I, I talked about that this on this podcast several times. I saw him in AAU, and I go back to that mental fragility. Mm-hmm. I, I saw a kid, I saw him melt down against Foster Lawyer once where he just lost it, ended up getting teed up. Um, and it, it really stuck with me. And I thought, hey, this guy's got all the physical tools in the world, but he's got a 10-cent head. And, and Illinois had a lot of guys like that in the recent past. Over the last 15 years, there have been a lot of guys who have run through their program with great physical tools, and at the end didn't amount to very much because they lacked that psychological component that you need to be great. Mm-hmm. Well, the sun move improved every year and clearly worked at it. And last year, you know, shooting 39% from three, that was a huge improvement, you know, over what he had done earlier. The book on him early was let him shoot. Mm-hmm. Well, you couldn't do that last year. And he was always really good at getting it, getting to the rim and finishing. I mean, 6.3 rebounds for a guard. <laughs> yeah. Five five point two assists per game, 
he became their playmaker, whereas he had been a guy that was kind of shaky in that area early. He just he was as good as there was in this conference last year. Um, and he always had a knack for making big plays at big moments, and that continued. So this is the main reason why anybody trying to make a case that Illinois is going to be better, I'm going to have to actually see that happen to believe it because he was such a huge presence for them, especially at winning time. And you've got to have somebody take that role and seize it and embrace it. And he did. And now they don't have that. So replacing that, good luck. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Adam Miller, um, uh, this is a a really kind of a hurtful one for them after a freshman year. He played in 31, started 31 games. He goes to LSU, um, 8.3 points a game, 39, 34, and 68. Uh, but man, I I thought he had a really promising future. Shocking, I mean, I, I, from the outside, shocking. Mm. Uh, he did struggle as the year went on. He got off to a huge start early, shooting the ball, and then he ended up at thirty four percent from three. So the Big Ten clearly caught up with him and took something out of him. But let's call it as it was. He was still a really, really good player in terms of his potential. And he was expected all along to be the guy who would step into some moose shoes. Mm-hmm. And if he was still around, you'd feel a little better about it. So, okay, it's it's easy to imagine this guy following that same general progression. Uh, but he opted to leave and go to LSU. And it, it's still not entirely clear to me. I looked at it a little bit. and I, I'm still not sure I understand why, other than he just desired to change. So... He's gone. They've got to replace him. So that's two starters on the perimeter they've got to deal with. Uh, And then they lose Georgie. 5.1 points a game last year, 2.7 rebounds in 15 minutes. Um, 55 from the floor, 50 from three, 63 from the line. But Georgie's really taking a kind of a dive last couple years. He's a guy I I feel for because he was really out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew anything about him. And then he came there as a freshman on a not very good team and was really good. It was really competitive, showed a lot of skill. He was fun, great personality, outgoing kid, um, just a great story, and you rooted for him. And then they get Coburn, which was kind of out of the blue. I don't think many people saw that coming when it when it happened. And it was never the same for him. So the idea heading into last year at the beginning was they were going to use, they were going to play a Twin Towers lineup where, or at least some of the time, where Bishanis really played the four. And offensively, he could do that. You, you mentioned the numbers, 50% from three. He could always shoot a little bit for a big man. Yeah. The problem is, and I saw them early, I saw them get kind of taken apart in the second half by Baylor. And that was the game where I think Brad Underwood saw what other people, myself included, thought would be a problem. He finally capitulated, and they went away from that look. And you never really saw it much again. Uh, Defensively, they just could not function with those two guys playing beside each other. It Mm -hmm. just was a bridge too far. In an era where four men not only can shoot threes, but a lot of them are basically glorified guards. They can attack you off the dribble. You just can't get away with playing a guy like Georgie defensively at that position. Mm. And especially it's compounded when you're pairing him 
with a guy like Coburn, who's basically like, you know, 2005 Shaq. <laughs> yeah. Because of his inability to move his feet. It's just too much. You know, you can get away with Coburn maybe just shacking in the paint if you've got four other guys around him that can move. Mm. But you can't have two guys like that. So, consequently, Georgie's role shrunk. And you mentioned that the county numbers were not very good. Uh, this is a guy who's a double-digit figure score as a freshman. Yeah. And I think could have been that in other programs. But from the moment Coburn came on board, it was just never right for him. And so he opted to turn pro. Uh, I believe he's overseas. I believe he's back in Europe. And I'm sure he'll make a nice living and all of that. But it's it's just too bad that it turned out the way it did because I think he was a kid that in a different situation could have done a lot more. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He just got dealt a bad hand. Uh, and then Jermaine Hamlin, uh, he winds up transferring out to Eastern Illinois. Yeah, young, big man, just, you know, didn't play much and, you can't blame him. He transfers down a level to take a shot at getting some minutes. It, it stands to reason there. There's a lot in his path at Illinois in terms of earning a role, so not a surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but players returning, Kofi Coburn, 6'10", 280, uh, averaged 17.7 points a game last year, 9.5 rebounds, 65% from the floor, um, only 55% from the line. So that's definitely something he can – improve on but he got there seven times a game huge deal this is maybe the probably the biggest reason they're up there as high as they are it is and look he's going to be in the discussion for big 10 player of the year because he's going to put up big numbers again because around the rim he's unstoppable um he's going to put up big numbers because of that but these things are beyond debate it's just I think Kofi Coburn comes with some costs yeah. associated. You mentioned one of them, which is the free throw line. 55% of the line is not good, but it's really not good when that guy is shooting seven attempts per game, which is what he averaged. Mm. So he gets fouled a lot, not a surprise. A guy his size, a lot of times defenses are going to say, if he catches the ball five feet from the rim, screw it. Go earn it at the line. Yeah. And they're going to hack it. Um, it really, he really does remind me a lot of a collegiate version of later period Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> it, there, it is very similar. The weaknesses are similar. He's really bad defending out on the floor. If you can keep him around the rim, he's okay because then his size plays. But uh, he's never been a great rim protector per se. But um, I just mean physically being able to move guys off their spots kind of thing he obviously can do that but if you get him in a pick and roll game eh, he's maybe not as as great mm-hmm. um so the, the the strengths and the weaknesses are very similar to Shaq. uh that said it's a shock that he's back at illinois and you're absolutely right if he hadn't come back we're not talking about illinois at number three we're still talking about him as a tournament team probably because of some of the guys they added, but we're not talking about them as the number three team in the, in the conference. No way. Um, and the reason I say it's surprising is two things happened. One is he went into the draft and the reason he didn't stay in the draft are the things that I just mentioned. He can't defend. And, and that's the biggest reason. And I don't know that I expect that to change this year, but he's taken a, a roll of the dice on that. I also read some, some stuff that, 
he's planning on trying to show that he's got more game away from the rim. I'd be very worried about that if I were Brad. <laughs> you, yeah, this is the risk sometimes you run in these situations. Be careful what you wish for. I, I tend to think he won't go crazy with that stuff. But if we start seeing Kofi Coburn attempting, you know, one or two threes a game, those are just wasted possessions for Illinois. Yeah, let's and see. You do let's, some, let's bring it out. Let's, let's work on that three-point game. You do sometimes <laughs> see guys doing that, you know. Mm-hmm. It was it was one of the things I was worried about when Nick Ward came back after his sophomore year. You know, you just you have to be worried about. Okay, they've been told that they're not a legit NBA prospect for these reasons. Are they going to push themselves to quote unquote develop that when it's never going to be part of their arsenal? Mm-hmm. You know, Kofi Coburn. I will be shocked if he's ever a good shooter from range. You know, I'm just shocked. I, I just don't see it. You know, but he may feel like he has to try to prove that in order to change his draft perception. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. But but I think him pulling out of the draft was maybe one surprise because it kind of felt like he'd stay in no matter what. And then when he decided to come back, there was a period of a few days where the smart money really seemed to be on his transferring to Kentucky. Yeah. Because Illinois lost two assistants. Um, Orlando Antigua, who was the guy who really recruited him to Illinois, um, he's a New York guy, has connections in that basketball community. He was really responsible for landing Coburn. And then Chin Coleman also left, who was their Chicago guy. So they lost two of their three assistants to Kentucky. But as I understand it, you know, Kentucky had already landed a big man uh, in the transfer portal from West Virginia. And they also landed some recruits. And the feeling was that they just had too many pieces already there to really make it work with Coburn. So Coburn ended up back in Illinois, which did surprise people. It surprised me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here he is. And he's certainly going to be a big presence, mostly a positive presence. But I, I just I offered those those elements that are not very good about his game as as something to temper those thoughts about him being an automatic solution to all problems. I think his presence out there does do a lot of good, but there's also some bad that comes with it. And I'm not sure that I expect the bad to really be well addressed. I think it's kind of baked in to who he is. Yeah. Uh, and then they bring back Trent Fraser, six one senior, um, elected to return after a COVID year. Uh, 10.2 points game last year, 40, 36, and 83. Yeah, they, uh, Illinois did really well in the transfer game. I mean, really well. Yeah, they lost Adam Miller, but, you know, they get they get Frazier back. They get DeMonte Williams back for COVID years, you know. They don't lose Coburn and Curbelo when it looked like they might. And then they add some guys, too. So mm-hmm. uh, Trent Frazier's a big addition where you didn't necessarily expect it. Good year for him as a senior. I think it was his most consistent year. He's he's kind of been up and down in some ways throughout his career. Yeah. Um, I think they'll ask him to score a little bit more. He'll be part of the way they try and deal with uh, Ayu not being there. Uh, but I don't think he likely ends up much on the ball. I think mm-hmm. they keep him kind of in the role he was last year where he's he's mostly a spot-up shooter. Uh, and then Curbelo comes back, six-foot sophomore, um, 129 assists, but 80 turnovers. Um, 
Yeah. 50 from the floor, 16 from 373 from the line. Yeah, you know, there's a part of me that absolutely loves that kid's game, and then there's another part of me that just shakes my head. And it includes things like him popping off about how they're going to be better this year and all that. I, mm. I get being confident, but, man, come on. Just take it easy with that stuff. He's going to be their point guard, though. With with the Sunmu gone, there is no better option. And Curbelo at his best is tremendous to watch. I mean, he is the most creative player in the Big Ten, bar none. Uh, just great vision, um, has a willingness to, to put pressure on a defense, to force things. But that word force also has negative connotations, right? Mm-hmm. And you addressed it, the 80 turnovers. Um He's got to be better as a decision maker. Has to. If he's not, there's no way Illinois is better, and they could finish worse than where I have them. Yeah. That absolutely could happen. Um, he's got to be better in that way, and he's got to at least, I think, be a threat as a shooter. 16% from three, and you could see it sometimes, the way teams defended him. It was it was kind of like the Tum-Tum Nairn scenario, except he was a worse shooter than Tum-Tum ever was. Yeah. Um, this kid just could not hit a jumper. All of his scoring was essentially at the rim, and he's really clever. He can get there and he can finish. So it's not like you can cut him off completely, but he's got to be able to at least make defenses respect him, honor the shot. Mm. He doesn't have to shoot 35%, but it can't be where it was. So lots of potential with him, but there are areas where he's got to prove it. Uh, and then another veteran, you just mentioned him, Damani Williams, uh, comes back for a COVID year, six foot three guard. Um, and he did well in his role last year, 5.5 points a game, but uh, 52, 55, and 68 from the floor. I think the only question with him is with that kind of efficiency, does Brad Underwood encourage him to shoot more? I mean, there's an argument for it. Um, you always wonder, will guys with more volume be as good as they were? But shit, if he was a 40% shooter, if he was down 15% on higher volume, you'd take it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I Look, I think Williams, again, it's a nice thing for them to have happen. A guy with that much experience to come back. He actually started 17 games last year. He might be a starter again this year. It's questionable. Uh, but at the very least, he's going to be a key part of their rotation. Good defensive player, too. He's always been good defensively. Yep. Uh, and then more experience with Jacob Grandison, 6'6", senior. Um, he was a transfer last year, 4.6 points a game, 3.4 rebounds in 15 minutes. Uh, he started 16 times and shot well from the floor, although not much volume, 53, 42, and 96. Yeah, I, you know, I mentioned that they figured out that they couldn't get by with Georgie playing four. Grandison was one of the guys, and even DeMonte Williams sometimes at 6'3", played that position at times. Mm. And and that's the role I think Grandison is best in. Uh, I don't know whether it'll be as a starter or as a reserve on this team. Again, you really like with Williams. You like the efficiency. You wonder if you should try to get more volume out of him. And then if you do does he stay anywhere close to that level of efficiency? Mm. But I, I take my chances. He, he was a nice, solid rotation guy last year. And if they get that out of him again, that's a good thing. 
Uh, and then they return Coleman Hawkins, 6'10", 215-pound sophomore. Um, only 1.4 points a game and just under a rebound in six minutes. Yeah, you know, they like him. And the fact that he got himself into the rotation as a freshman was a surprise to me. I, I didn't see an obvious role, but sometimes that happens. Guys just force their way in. Uh, the only question is, I mean, he showed potential. They think he could be actually a face-up guy, and obviously his size gives him some potential to be effective at the rim, too. Uh, I just, with what they've got back and what they've added, I don't know how big the opportunity is for him this year, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Brandon Lieb, Lieb's a seven foot, two hundred twenty pound sophomore. Uh, so another big kind of vying for that role behind Kofi Coburn. Yeah, you know, and again, it's similar to Hawkins, but even more so because at least Hawkins did play some last year. They like Lieb's potential because he's got size. He got stronger and bigger last year. He probably still has room to grow in that those areas. Uh, but they like him as a guy who can maybe stretch the floor with that size. I just don't see the minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Benjamin Bossman Verdunk, 6'8", sophomore. Um, limited with injury last year, but did emerge a little bit as, at the four. Yeah, you know, again, another guy, he's reportedly got skills. They think he could be a stretch four type. Uh, could also help them as a rebounder. Where are the minutes, though? I think he's going to be a guy who I would expect to compete, but I would say the same thing about Hawkins. I would say the same thing about Grandison, um, you know, and the next guy we're going to mention, Austin Hutcherson. And, you know, the, it's there's a lot of bodies there in mm-hmm. competition, so I don't know. Yeah, Hutcherson, uh, 6'6 forward. Um, he transferred in from a D3 school last year, um, but didn't play because of a back injury. Yeah, and and they were really excited about him. You know, we've seen a few guys. I mean, the the poster boy for for this is uh, Duncan Robinson of Michigan, transferred from Division Three powerhouse Williams College to Michigan, and and actually became a key player for Michigan over his time there, and then shockingly has carved out an NBA career for himself. Uh, Hutcherson's not the same kind of player. Um, but expectations were similar, and the Illinois really believed he would be a key guy on last year's team, and then he hurt his back and he never played. Well, he's supposedly healthy, and you continue to hear good things about him. He did shoot 39% from three in at Division three in his last season, but I think the feeling is he's not really a pure three-point shooter. He's actually a guy who's got some athletic ability, He's got a little bit of strength. They think he could play some four as well as three. Uh, and and there's an expectation that he could be a more complete player as opposed to just a shooting specialist. So definitely a name to watch. They were really high on him. And we just haven't seen him play, so he's a bit of a mystery man. But if he emerges and is really, really good, then that's something that could elevate Illinois, no doubt. Mm. Uh, so as far as newcomers um... – Omar Payne comes in uh, from Florida. He's 6'10", 240. It looked like Payne came in maybe expecting that uh, Coburn wasn't going to be back. Um, 
so he commits to them. He's got some range, seven uh, five wingspan, but it's not like he produced a ton at Florida. Only three point eight points a game, three point four rebounds. We're not talking about like a a main contributor there. But he sticks it out and, and decides to to continue on with Illinois. Well, at the very least, he gives you a hell of a security blanket behind Kofi. Mm-hmm. Because this is a guy, even though he hasn't put up huge numbers, he was a very highly rated recruit. Uh, that 7'5 wingspan, you know, that's one thing that Illinois, despite that size, that they didn't do very well last year. They were not a very good rim-protecting team. Number 263 in the country in block percentage. You'd like to see that improved, and Omar Payne could do that as one guy who could improve that. Um, the downside is he didn't actually do a ton in Gainesville. Mm. So you don't know what you have. I, I've got to believe that going against Coburn every day would force it to <laughs> yeah. improve or it would break his will, one, one or the other. But, you know, they're talking about him maybe being able to play some four because they, they think he's athletic enough and he could shoot out to 17 feet. But I, I'm from Missouri on that one. <laughs> I need to need to see it, but you like him, you know, in a certain role. If he's happy playing that caddy role at the five, the kind of the role that Georgie slid into, hey, that that's okay. Then you've really replaced Georgie with a guy who maybe doesn't have all the same skill sets, but you add it all up and should be capable of helping you. Mm. Uh, so then you get Alfonso Plummer uh, transfer in from Utah, six one. Uh, at 13.6 a game, uh, 44% overall, 38% from three. Yeah, you know, they, they're excited about him because he shot well at Utah. Um, so, again, high major transfer, you like that. He's done it at that level in the Pac-12. Um, I, you know, they seem to be talking about him as a likely starter from what I've seen. So that tells me that the backcourt is probably Curbelo, Frazier, and Plummer. Mm-hmm. Now, that can be real torture on defenses because that's a very quick athletic backcourt. The downside, however, is that six foot, six one, and six one. That has ramifications. Yeah. So yeah. I do wonder if that will, in fact, be a, a grouping that plays a ton of minutes together. They've got other options, you know. Um, they think Hutcherson could play on the wing. Um, definitely DeMonte Williams is a little bit bigger at 6'3". Grandison might be able to play some wing minutes. And then there's some uh, freshmen that could help as well. Uh, but, you know, Plummer is a guy who's done it as a high major player, so I would expect he's going to have a significant role. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they get a fr- uh, trio of freshmen in here. Luke Good, 6'7", freshman from uh, Fort Wayne, who – was on MSU's radar. Yeah, they recruited him. They offered him. Um, opted for Illinois. Uh, the reputation is as a shooter. And, you know, he's a six seven shooter from Fort Wayne with red hair. Um, it reminded a lot of people on the surface of Russell Bird. And he's a different player. But I think that's why some MSU fans weren't that distraught that Luke Good opted to go to Illinois. He's got again. He's got that shooter's rep. Um, I think to me the question for him is, can he guard well enough to earn a rotation role with all these veterans on hand? Mm. 
you'd, you'd hope that he, if you're Brad Underwood, you'd hope that one of these guys can emerge because all three of these freshman perimeter guys have size. And I just mentioned that could be an issue with some of these other guys that are in the mix. Yeah. So you'd like to have that ability to mix and match, you know, but it's all going to come down to defense for all three of these guys. Uh, and then Brandon Pozimensky, 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 six five guard from Wisconsin. Yeah, profile is very similar in some ways to good. He's got good size, great shooters rep. The knocks or the questions are, he's not a great athlete, and you wonder about him defensively. If he can prove to be okay defensively, he could earn a role. Oh, and then they have another wing, R.J. Melendez, 6'7", out of Florida. Yeah, and, and he's the other end of the spectrum. He's considered a really good athlete who hasn't yet figured out how to play offensive basketball. So what you like there is the size of 6'7", and the, ability, or the potential, at least, to be able to guard people because he's a better athlete. Uh, but is he developed enough offensively for you to be able to afford to play him? That's the question there. All right, so uh, that's that's about it for the lineup uh, for Illinois. You know what? What's kind of your final take on on them? I, you know, again, I don't buy into this "we're better" stuff, but I do have to admit, if you know, if Hutcherson is is really, really good and they figure out the four spot and they don't get punished for playing small on the perimeter, um, you know, maybe they could be pretty close. I just, I think there are too many question marks. I, I, I love, I mean, I find Curbelo to be an incredibly entertaining player, but I'm not convinced that he, I'm going to need to see that he has the mentality you need to be the quarterback of a Big Ten championship-level team before I just automatically assume that he's there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He, he showed so much good, but a lot of bad, too, as a freshman. And sometimes that gets improved just by virtue of experience, just by virtue of being around. But it's not an automatic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I heard that when I hear this chirping, I was going back, you know, Jordan Bohannon before last year for Iowa – talking about how he was outraged they weren't preseason number one nationally and i i thought what have you ever won what have you ever done to justify having that kind of mentality you know (laughs) it's you, you contrast it with to go to another sport something close to home one of the things i really really love about michigan state's football team this year and look we were only halfway through the season it remains to be seen how they finish up but one of the things I think you really have to like is from the coaching staff on down, the, the the public mentality, at least, is one of confidence, but it's always, hey, it's just one game at a time. Keep chopping. Yeah. We haven't yeah. we haven't done anything yet, right? They they're they're excited about what they've done, they're confident about who they are, but you don't get the sense that they're getting ahead of themselves at all. Mm. You know? And and I think it's a problem when you allow other kinds of mentalities. You know, if, you, if you're choosing to take a benign view of it, you could say, well, you want a kid to believe, you know? And so it's a good thing that the guy who's going to be your point guard thinks that your team's going to be great. Okay, I, I see that point. But I also look at it another way and think, man, you haven't done shit yet. 
Mm-hmm. You haven't done anything. You didn't win a Big Ten title. Your team belly flopped in the tournament last year, and you've lost your best player, your leader. So what are you talking about? Just go out and do it, and then maybe you know sometime in January, maybe the rest of the country catches up to you. Says, hey, they're actually better. You know, but don't go declaring it in September or October. It's it's not a good look. So I'm just not inclined to buy into this team until they they force me to. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be good, but and and certainly it's possible they could have a longer tournament run because, you know, getting out of the first weekend is is not that big a deal to achieve if you're if you're as good as you tell everybody you are. Mm-hmm. You know, so the bar isn't that high to be improved in that sense, but, um, I got to see it, you know, a lot of things to like, but a lot of questions. Mm. All right. That'll wrap it up for Illinois until next time. The final four is not on the schedule. At Granger, we're for the ones who pay attention to every little detail, the ones who fuss, tinker and sweat the small stuff. Because you know the tiniest thing can make the biggest difference when it comes to keeping business moving. We get it. We're the same way. Offering access to product experts to help you quickly and easily find what you need. So whatever your industry, you know you're always getting professional-grade products. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.